welcome to the LG Show. Tonight we're going to be discussing about this pastor who quit being a pastor at the United Methodist Church. She basically basically got in trouble for uh, doing a wedding with two between two women. And I guess the Methodist Church is pretty much against this. So basically she quit because of uh, her being reprimanded from the church because of the wedding that she did. And she's also part of the LGBTQ community. She's a lesbian. My thing on my take on this is this shouldn't matter who you are, what you are, no matter who you prefer to be with, you know, God gives you free will. You should be able to do anything that you want to do. Nobody has a right to tell you who you can be and who you can't be, who you can marry, who you can be with. But, uh, you know, a lot of these churches, they have this thing where they are actually right and everybody else is wrong. You know, and if and, and all the churches are guilty of this, they all think a certain way. You know, and all these denominations think a different way. Like you have all these different faiths, like the Catholic faith, the Christian faith, the Jewish faith. And the list goes on and on and on. Everybody thinks a different way. Nobody actually knows what God said. They just all put it in a book. So nobody really knows what God said, unless you were back there during that time. As far as I know, the only one who really spoke to God was Moses. Moses was pretty much the only one who really spoke to God. But I'm tired of all these churches thinking that whatever they say is the right way. Nobody really knows what the right way is. You could just read the book yourself and trust in God and ask him what the way is. You don't have to go to church to find out what the way is. But, um, yeah, this pastor, she quit because, uh, what the Methodist church is doing. And, uh, it goes on to say her trial for officiating a same sex wedding triggered a decade of activism to try to change the United Methodist Church, which it didn't work. I guess she tried to change United Methodist Church to get with the times. You know, this is the way the new world is. You know, there's still a lot of churches that's living back in the olden days, you know. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, and I'm not saying it's a good thing. But society has changed. You've got to get on with the way society is today. And, um, you know, like I said, nobody has a right to tell you how, how you can lead your life. Nobody. This happened in Appleton, Wisconsin. This reverend's name is um, Amy DeLong. She woke up in disbelief that she was still reverent. And this happened 10 years ago. It says the day before June the 23rd, 2011, she had stood trial at Peace United Methodist Church in Wisconsin on two charges. She officiated a wedding between two women, and she herself was in a lesbian relationship, or in the church's language, was a self-avowed practicing homosexual. 
LGBTQ clergy and same-sex weddings were and continue to be forbidden by the United Methodist Church. Now, if they knew the way that she was, why, why would they accept her into being a pastor at their church? It, it doesn't make no sense. If they're forbidding this, then why did they accept her as a pastor in this church? A body of over 12 million members globally has in recent years threatened to split over its refusal to fully include LGBTQ people into the faith. Now, so it's, it's saying here that it's threatening to split because they're not letting the LGBTQ community into their church society. As far as I know, everybody, everybody down here is to love. That's what God intended. God intended for everybody to love, not to hate. And for the church not letting these people in, that's basically turning around saying they hate these people. And that's not right. You're supposed to accept them no matter who they are, because that's the way God intended it to be. It reminds me of the story years ago about this little boy was sitting in front of this church. Now, he was poor. You know, he was poor, and uh, he was sitting in front of this church, and he, he walked a couple miles to get to this church so he could be there. He was actually the first one there. And uh, all these people started showing up. Nobody said hi to this little boy. And he just sat there and just wondered why nobody was saying anything, anything to him. They didn't invite him in. They didn't treat him like, you know, as one of their own. They didn't say, hey, come on in. You know, we're here. You know, this is the church. This is where you're going to learn. They didn't invite the boy in or anything. So he just sat there and sat there. While the church was getting ready to get started, the music was playing. The pastor comes up to the little boy and he asks him, says, what's the matter, son? Well, nobody invited me to come in. So I just sat in here. Little boy didn't have no shoes or nothing. He was basically poor, didn't have a dime to his name. So he sat there while he was talking to the pastor. And the pastor said, come with me, son. So the little boy gets up and goes in with the pastor. The pastor goes all the way to the front with that little boy. And he says, he tells his congregation, if you ever see anybody sitting out here again, you make sure you invite them in. Just don't leave them sitting out there. You invite them in to hear the word. See, it's a, that's a good story too for people. And this reminds me of this story. You know, they... they they separate themselves just because they're different than what they are. Well, we're all made by God. This is how it is. And like I said before, people are down here. God put people in this world to love, not to hate. Now getting back to the story, it says, instead of the jury of ministers, they gave her just a 20-day suspension and tasked her with writing a document about how clergy could resolve issues that harm the church or could lead to future trials. An event that could have been devastating ended up leaving her hopeful that the United Methodist Church was changing. Today she says she's lost the hope. And after a decade of fighting for the inclusion 
of the LGBTQ community and the denomination she had chosen for herself and loved, DeLong says she watched things get only worse. So this is what I'm saying. It just, you know, churches should be welcoming, welcoming, should be welcoming people, welcome, ugh, I can't even say that word. <laughs> it should be welcoming. Oh my God, I can't even say it. Well, you, everybody knows what I mean. Bring people in. It's late in the morning here in the studio. It's a very early morning. I don't know what time it is where you are, but here it's three, three something in the morning. It goes on to say she retired from her post as pastor at Spirit of Grace at a United Methodist Church in Beaver Falls, Wisconsin, on June 30th. And uh, she retired from the organization to help that she helped create uh, the UMC denomination two days prior. Although she said it breaks her heart that her work came to an end without producing change, DeLong said she never questioned whether she was right to do it. She felt that in her heart that she was right to do this. She helped other people. She did a lot of good in the church. It's just sad that the church didn't see this. Goes on to say, there's nothing that she uh, that tells me that the uh, love that I share, the adult loving companionship or relationship I share with my partner is anything but holy, DeLong said. I have always been hurt by the accusations, and I've certainly been hurt by the hatred that has been directed at me, but I never once thought I was wrong. And you know, a lot of the a lot of the things that with the LGBTQ community is that people hate these people, and I don't know why. They do nothing to them. They do nothing to them. They pretty much stay on their own. They mind their own business. They do what they need to do to survive, just like everybody else. But why hate? There's no reason to hate. This is the stupidest thing in the world to hate other people because who they are. Goes on the United Methodist Church is potentially the most conservative of uh, denominations in the U.S. And um, depends on whether you part you're part of the group uh, Southern Baptist with mainland uh, Protestants or with the white. Uh, Angelicals. Despite that, White said the denominationals, denominations, progressive wing, has pushed for inclusion of LGBTQ people for more than half a century and is one of the most active of mainland denominations. But while the the laddie people who are not clergy becomes increasingly progressive. The governance structure of the church still holds a more conservative stance, they said. Now, this kind of reminds me of the uh, GOP party. You know, they have something against, uh, you know, um, Caitlyn, Caitlyn Jenner. Used to, of course, used to be Bruce Jenner. Anyways, they have a problem against her because, you know, she changed her sex from a man to a woman. So the GOP has a problem with that. They've always had a problem with that. Anybody that doesn't fit their caliber of what they are, they don't like them. Even though she's running as a Republican, but they don't like her. 
and that's wrong. You shouldn't you shouldn't hate somebody because who they are. But this is just remind me of this story. You know the way this Methodist church is. It goes that puts a pretty strong um, constraints on what progressives can do. See, and they even say progressives, and that's pretty much what the GOP is a progressive progressive party. Even though they're arguably the majority of the denomination, White said, as a child, DeLong was raised in the United Church of Christ, a mainland denomination with uh, more relaxed views on the LGBTQ community, including permitting lesbian, gay, and transgender uh, clergy. But in college in River Falls, she said she fell in love with the Methodist Church it's understanding of grace, of communion, and what's known as the uh, quadlit. I don't know how in the world they say some of these words. <laughs> Anyways, it goes, um, which combines with scripture, tradition, reason, and experience to form the cores of its members, Christian faith. As a Methodist, she said she didn't feel like she had to leave her brain at the door. That church also happened to be the place where she met her partner, Val, at a Bible study group. They've been together 26 years and were legally married in August of 2014. She began to explore her faith through the United Methodist Church, uh, the restrictions on LGBTQ people. Leaders added the first anti-gay language into the teachings of the church. Now, this, is, this happened from 1972. Now, look how many years it's been. 50-some years, 40-some years ago. And at its 1972 General Conference in Atlanta writing, we do not condone the practice of, practice of homosexuality and consider it in, in Kappa. We consider it to not be right with Christian teaching. And we do not recommend marriage between two persons of the same sex. Now that happened in 1972. Like I said, times have changed. Twelve years later, Methodist leaders moved to prohibit LGBTQ people from being ordained as ministers. People began to protest the church's stance on the issues at its 2000 conference. DeLong and Val were out. Were out to do their congregation when she performed the same-sex marriage in 2010. She noted it on a report of her pastoral duties, half thinking no one would read it, but she said she wasn't worried about what would happen if she did. Then she got word that she had, she has, she had to meet with a bishop's assistant who told her she was in trouble for officiating the wedding. I said, it's kind of interesting to me that you all know I'm gay and you're not going to charge me for being gay. You're going to charge me for doing this wedding, she recalled. Now, see, this is what I'm saying. If they knew she, if they knew she was gay and they were against this, why would they hire, hire her in as a pastor at the church? Now, that makes no sense. But they don't want, they don't want her to, to perform any, uh, any of uh, those kind of marriages. They don't want her to do that. Now, that makes no complete sense at all. She goes, she was charged with both reporting to the three-day church trial in uh, Wisconsin. The 13-member jury of Wisconsin Methodist uh, ministers found her guilty of officiating the wedding, but not of the second charge of being a practicing homosexual. 
having no evidence that she and her partner had a physical relationship. Methodist church trials are structured much like a typical court uh, court trial. Jury members are selected from a jury poll, and then both sides, the counsel for the church and the counsel for the defendants, present their case and question witnesses. The jury decides an outcome, and the respondent can appeal if found guilty. I guess the respondent is the uh, defensive party, I guess. Many progressives want to want to do away with the concept of the church trial. DeLong said, but she wants them to stay because they forced the church to deal with LGBTQ issues in the public eye. They allow us to have a national stage where average people sitting in the pews can learn that this is what the church is actually is, saying and doing, she said. Letting people be informed about what the United Methodist Church really thinks is important. It goes on to say, after the trial, DeLong wanted to seize the moment she had been given and push forward in addition to speaking nationally in the two years that followed. She also co-created a group called Love Prevails, which sought to force the church to repeal its discrimination policies around the LGBTQ community. The group's motto was to disclose, diverse, and disrupt. And disrupt they did at the UMC's next general conference in 2012. They shut the conference. They shut the conference down, and were able to push off a discussion of more anti-gay, anti-transgender language that year. That year, things things didn't get better. DeLong said, but they also didn't get worse. 2016, Love Prevails was prepared to shut down the conference again when the church's bishop intervened, proposing instead of a complete study of UMC policies on sexuality, called the Commission on a Way Forward. Three years later, that commission put forth two possible plans and conference delegates passed what they have known as the, as the traditional plan, continuing, continuing the church's ban on LGBTQ clergy and on officiating same-sex weddings. DeLong called the plan completely, uh, she called it completely uh, craziness and the worst imaginable language around LGBTQ people that can be. But in 2019, she had been serving for five years as pastor of the church in River Falls, where she met Val, but after the traditional plan passed, she knew she could no longer be part of the United Methodist Church. Though Methodists had dealt with the growing split over their, over these policies for years, the 2019 vote threatened to split the church for good. Leaders began to discuss whether to fracture into two organizations, one liberal and one conservative, although that has not yet come to pass. Now see, now they're bringing in, now they're bringing pretty much the Democrats and Republicans in this. We didn't want to split it up as a liberal and conservative. Now they're starting to bring in the Democrats and the Republican parties on this. Goes to say on June 28th, almost exactly 10 years after DeLong stood trial, Love Prevails wrote an open letter to leaders of the United Methodist Church alerting them, alerting them that their advocacy group would work or their advocacy uh, work would be discontinued. 
the group had formed because the uh, denominations uh, usual approaches to resolving conflict had failed to halt the steady, av- the steady av- uh, advance of intolerance. Love prevails continues, continuously showed up and challenged the power, uh, the power brokers of this denomination, the letter states. We believed in the possibility at this time, or at least over time, direct action witnesses would stir uh, change. We were mistaken. The long plans to take the next year off to recover from stress that the last decade's work has put her through. Anyone, anyone involved in the struggle for LGBTQ rights knows that, knows that change doesn't happen swiftly, she said. But she was surprised at the strides American society made in the last several years. The country has legalized same-sex marriage, repealed the military's don't ask, don't tell policy, and expanded the federal hate crime law to include crimes motivated by gender, gender identity, or sexual orientation, to name a few. Most religious groups have uh, grown more super, uh, have grown supportive of same-sex marriages too, according to a 2017 report on LGBTQ issues from non- from nonprofit Public Religion Research Institute. Overwhelm- overwhelming, uh, overwhelmingly, majorities of Buddhist, the religious un. Uh, Unaffiliated Jewish Americans support the report found as well as roughly two-thirds of white mainland Protestants, white Catholics, and Hispanic Catholics, and a slim majority of Muslims. But while the nation has undergone what she called a complete uh, turnaround, the the United Methodist Church has gone in the opposite direction. Even proposals that uh, to expand LGBTQ rights within the church don't sit well with the long because they allow decisions at a local level about whether same-sex marriages in LGBTQ clergy will be permitted. To her, she said, it feels like the church is just tinkering with how much discrimination is, is platable. She goes on to say, she said she doubts she'll ever be part of, the, of an organization uh, of that church, of the Methodist Church ever again. In a statement to the Post, part of the USA Today Network, Bishop He So Jung of the Wisconsin Conference of the United Methodist Church said many were frustrated that the church's 2020 General Conference, at which they were set to further discuss these issues, was delayed by the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, I'm telling you, this is a a lot of crap that's been going on. The statement also thanks DeLong for her passionate service, even if the United United Methodist Church had a rapid change of heart and opened its arms to the LGBTQ community. DeLong said the institution is flawed. The way church leaders have conducted themselves is no longer uh, reasoning with people, she said, the, de- the decision to depart was an easy one or a tough one, she said, but necessary. She could no longer be an ambassador for the church after all 
if she no longer believed in the product. Well, I guess that's pretty much with anything. If you don't believe in something, you know it's time to move on. But like I said, times are changing. You know, maybe the churches need to get with the way these times are now. And if they don't, there's going to be more problems. Nothing will get solved. Nothing will get solved in this if things don't come together with this. You know, and I've known several people went to the to the Methodist church, and they seem to really enjoy it. But I guess it's, you know, it's that their preference. But um, I want to I'm going to leave it at there. I want to thank everybody for listening to my podcast this morning or late in the evening, wherever you're at. I really don't know. <laughs> I just thank you for uh, listening to my podcast. Um, here it's 3.30 in the morning. And everybody have a safe and wonderful day or a safe and wonderful evening. And good night and good morning. Thank you.